Welcome to the Weekly Juice Podcast, where we discuss all things real estate, personal finance, investing, entrepreneurship, and the many ways to achieve financial independence. We interview accomplished investors and entrepreneurs with the goal that their stories inspire you to take control of your financial future. Here to get your creative juices flowing while also documenting their own personal investing journeys are your hosts, Corey Jacobson and Ryan Bevilacqua. Welcome back to the Weekly Juice. As always, it's your boys, Ryan and Corey here with another episode. Today we had on, I know I said this last week, however, I'm going to say it again. We had one of our best conversations today, truly. This guy was our special guest for today, um, Brody Fawcett. He is a real estate investor. He reached financial freedom in his mid-20s. And I'll let Corey kind of go into his background a little bit more. But just an epic conversation from a guy that seems to have it all going on from family life, to his finances, to his future goals, to um, his network. And just there's the mentality, a lot of a lot of things. He just kind of seems like he has the whole picture and everything synergized going in one direction. It's, it's two guys two years younger than us. He's 30 or two years younger than me. And just someone that I look up to now. And I just yeah. absolutely incredible things that he's been able to accomplish at such a young age. And he, it's all based on his mindset. He just had to believe he could do it. Yeah, we were kind of taken back a little bit just by his demeanor. He's just like such a nice guy. He's from Utah. He says he's in Hawaii now, but he built a portfolio of 40 to 50 units. Uh, he was a door-to-door salesman, which is tough, man. That is such a tough job, but he was crushing it. Multiple six figures in door-to-door sales and was able to then say, I don't want to trade my time for dollars anymore. I'm grinding. I'm working so much. I'm building up my real estate portfolio on the side and then left his multiple six-figure paying active income job uh, at, when he had 100K plus of passive income through his real estate investments at the age of 25 years old. So he did it the, the, the old-fashioned way, house hack, bought a duplex, bought a triplex, and then immediately immediately started to parlay that into using other people's money by networking with people, having people bring their money to the deal. He would then go execute the deal, and then he would do the management of it. And it was just like a stepping stone way to getting himself in bigger and better rooms. And as he got in bigger and better rooms, he got in more masterminds, and he just 10x'd everything in his life. And his Instagram is so is so cool because it's like, he's like the all-American dude. <laughs> like You just look at him, you're like, dang, this guy's got it all together. Sure, it's not all peaches and roses every day behind the scenes, but it certainly looks like it. And Brody is, um, he lives up to the hype. So I don't know. I mean, it's stick around because the episode is hour 30 plus, but it, there's nugget after nugget after nugget. And, you know, we go from the, the how to to the philosophical, philosophical stuff, kind of as always, but it's an exciting episode. And we now have a friend and he's got products to offer the whole nine. I, I just, think it's worth the 90 minutes that you'll give it the like take the hour and a half even if you have to take this into two sessions it's worth a listen to the end because we'll start talking about his real estate uh school that he has and he brings people in and one-on-one coaches he's got modules to teach how to do six different strategies and it's just it's not fluff this is the how-to and it's an incredible story and actually it's to be honest it kind of feels like he could just be like the third pillar of this room we yep. we broed so hard and uh just very very down to earth conversation. Nice guy, as you said, but we could hype this guy up all night. I think we should just bring him in and uh, so you guys can all hear his story. So without further ado, let's welcome in Brody. For real estate investors, going mobile is the next big thing for managing our properties. We like to have the power and resources in the palm of our hand. When we're hunting for deals, we're consistently go, go, go. 
Having RentReady's property management app is great for checking in on all our properties, especially when it's time to collect rent. With RentReady, we get the benefit of both mobile and web apps that allow us to collect rent from anywhere. We not only get instant notifications when rent is paid, but we also have the ability to send automatic reminders to tenants when rent is due or late. From finding the perfect tenant to collecting rent, everything an investor needs to build wealth and manage their investing portfolio can now be found under one roof with RentReady. The most exciting news is that RentReady gave us an exclusive 50% off promo code that can now be used by all of our Weekly Juice listeners. You just need to visit RentReady.com and enter the code JUICEBOT to get 50% off any RentReady plan. That is R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com and enter the code JUICEBOT, J-U-I-C-E-P-O-D, to receive 50% off any RentReady plan. As you know, we talk a lot about financial independence, building revenue streams, and buying yourself more income. Wanted to give our listeners a special opportunity to potentially add a different revenue stream for themselves and into their portfolio. Tune into episode 110 to hear Corey and I peel back a couple layers on something that we're investing in currently at the moment. Just gives you a snapshot of where we are in our journey and gives you the opportunity to invest as well. This specific opportunity is to invest in a YouTube content monetization channel. And we go through every single step of the way, how we got involved and all the ins and outs of it. If you're interested after listening to the episode, feel free to drop us a DM. We're happy to answer any questions that you have and we'll point you in the right direction. Brody, officially welcome to the Weekly Juice Podcast. Corey and I are so excited to have you on the show, man. We've been following your journey on social, but it's good to finally put a face to a name. And we're just so thrilled to share your story with our audience. So thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you guys. Thanks for having me. It's fun just jamming for just a a, a few minutes. I'm like, yeah, we could we could get along. We could be friends. So I'm pumped. Yeah, that's the goal, man. I was feeling the vibe too. I, I was getting carried away pre-recording, just talking. I was wanted to bro out a little too hard. So uh, <laughs> it's all good. We'll get into the show and. You said, be, young, you said young 30s. Is that, that where you guys are at? Yeah, I'm 30. So uh, that's great. Your boy uh, just turned 32 a couple of days ago. So I guess I'm the, the, uh, you're the oldest the elder. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough, man. But it's, uh, tough. it's good. It's good. We can, we can brawl out for a little bit. But um, dude, so very thrilled to have you on the show. As I mentioned, you have seen a high level of success for such a young dude. So if you could kind of walk us through your story of how you got into real estate investing, why you decided real estate was going to be your future and in your kind of course of action to build wealth and generational wealth for your family. Yeah. So it's, uh, I guess it's a good way to, to start everything off and I'll try and keep it pretty concise, but um, I feel like Early on in my life, I was always just like an entrepreneur. I love the idea of getting ahead in life. And so any opportunity that I had to work a little bit harder to, just to get ahead, I, to me, it like it relieves so much stress. Um, Eve, I think back to like the very first jobs I had even before I was 16. And I remember working for my grandpa on his ranch and he would pay me for as many hours as I could work. And so for me, it was the first time I'm like, I'm not capped by a certain amount of hours. And so I'd put in these, you know, 12, 13, 14 hour days. And so just early on, I just love the idea of, hey, I can work hard all summer and then I can be smart with my money and I can save it and I can, you know, live a better life because I worked really hard early on. And I feel like that was kind of the foundation for a lot of it. Um, I got into sales and door-to-door sales. I did that for eight to nine years. And to me, that was just like another avenue of wait, I'm not bound by making a certain dollar per hour. But if I want to raise, I just work harder or I just learn sales better and I learn the the skill of it. And then I can go get a raise because I'm getting better at the job. And so like, I just love those concepts of anything that I could put a lot of work in early on. And then it was able to just kind of be self-sustaining. 
And so I got introduced to real estate and it was kind of by accident, to be honest. Um, I was going to college. A bunch of my friends from high school were going to the same college. And for whatever reason, housing was extremely hard to find. And we were all struggling finding just a place to live. And my mom, she kind of did real estate on the side as an agent and would just sell a couple of houses a year. But it was actually her idea. She's like, hey, why don't you buy a house and your friends can live there? And this is me, you know, freshman in college. I'm like, mom, have you seen my bank account? I I can't just go buy a house. And I legit thought you had to have cash to go buy a house. I didn't understand how you could leverage the bank's money and they'd give you a loan and all these things. Right. And so long story short, we found a house and I bought this house right by college campus. And even then I thought it was cool that I had my own house and my buddies lived there and I was their landlord, but I didn't understand the power of it until the check started coming in. I'd rent it out by room to them. And then I'd cover all the expenses and the internet and the utilities and then pay the mortgage. And I'd have a lot of money left over, like a thousand plus dollars. Not to mention I was living there for free in my room because I didn't have to pitch in and pay rent, right? Because I owned it. And so really the thing that drove it home was I was working at Gold's Gym part-time in between going to school at the same exact time. And I did not love that job. It wasn't even anything cool. I was just working at the front desk. And so um, getting paid minimum wage, if someone would come in and sign up, I remember I got five bucks. Like it was just like a bonus $5 if I got one person to sign up. And I was like, dude, this is so cool because if I get one person an hour, that's like from $7 to $13 an hour. Like this is awesome, you know? And so, um, which never happened. No no one signed up (laughs) more like once or twice the entire day. But um, comparing those checks and how I was making money on one end of it, where it was trading my time for dollars. And I'm like, man, I'm getting behind on homework. Like I want to go date and have fun with my friends, but I was working. And then this check would come in at the end of the month with the leftover money from all my friends. And to be honest, they were pretty equal. And I looked at both of them like, yes, I want more of this income that doesn't rely on trading time for money and less of this income where I like, I just don't enjoy it. You know, it's not fulfilling. I'm doing it just to make the money. And so that was kind of the start of all of it. And like the, the light bulb moment, I guess you could say where I'm like, okay, let's go. Like, how do I do this? Let me learn more about it. Let's, let's dive into it. I love it, man. That's a, a really cool start. House hacking is like one of the ways that it's, it is the way that I got started too. So I want to relate to that, but I want to talk about the scaling aspect, but first the door-to-door sales. So when you mentioned you did door-to-door sales and you said, then you said you did it for eight to nine years, most people don't last a summer in door-to-door sales. So like what, what success did you find in that? And how did that relate to, or translate over to your real estate investing journey? Yeah, such such a good question. And sales is sales and everything in life is sales, right? And we, you know that everybody, you know, you start to learn that and business is sales and, and all of it. So and that's the first thing, like the better you get at one facing rejection and being able to overcome that. Uh, one of my favorite quotes, I heard it, I think on a, on a TV episode, um, I want to say it was suits. I don't know if you guys have seen, seen suits before. I haven't seen it, but I've heard of it. Yeah. Uh, it's a good one. Put it on your, put it on your list if you need something to binge watch. But um, he said, they slammed the door in our face and we came back to buy the building. And I've heard that. <laughs> have you heard that? Yeah, you yeah. probably seen it on Instagram somewhere, one of the memes or whatever. But that's always just fired me up. And going back to the door door space, it was like 
you got good at just people literally slamming doors in your face, spitting on you, the rejection, like all of it. And I just learned to like, love it and thrive off of it. Um, because they had no idea how well I was doing. Right. And it was like, cool, this person thinks I'm the scum of the earth, but like, I know that it doesn't matter if I get 10 no's in a row, all it takes is one, you know, it just takes one and it made the whole day worth it, the whole week worth it. And so, um, just learning that, how to overcome that, I think learning like the product I sold was alarm systems and we would literally install them that same day. Um, I would install them, the technicians would, but it, it would go from, I'd knock on a door, like tell them about the product, go inside their house, sit down, you're building value in it, showing it. They sign all the documents. It's a five-year contract. And then the technicians coming and installing everything in their house. And this is a complete stranger. And so you're going from someone that, you know, is kind of telling you to get off their doorstep to an hour later, a technician's there drilling holes in their wall and installing cameras everywhere. And they're in a five-year contract, right? And they know exactly what's happening. It's not like you you had to deceive them to do that, right? They're stoked on it actually. And so just that skill set alone of learning to overcome objections, to build value in something, right? To learn a transaction happens when value exceeds price. And so you have to do a really good job at explaining the value and how it provides value to them and creating these win-win scenarios and all those things that go perfectly with real estate investing. And so for me early on, it was cool too, because it was a commission-based job. I was able to take advantage of the opportunity and be like, cool, I can now go and recruit other people to come do the job and I can train them and teach them. And so there are a lot of opportunities to make money, but then also to be smart with that money. And if you know anyone that's been in the the industry for a while, they call it the golden handcuffs. Anyone that's been in door to door for a while, because you can make really good money, but a lot of people, they make money and they spend it and then they're handcuffed to it because they have to go back to make more money, right? In order to spend it again. And then they have to go back. And so that always scared me early on. And I never wanted to be that person that was like, yeah, this is my last year, but then they could never leave on their terms because they were stuck. And so it was just motivation. Like, Hey, when I leave and when I'm done, I want to be worth more outside of this company than inside of it. And I want to have the passive income because I was smart and I invested in real estate that I can choose to do what I want to do. And when I leave, it's on my terms. It's really powerful that you say that. It's funny about sales where it's this kind of thing where if you know you have a good product and you know that you're and you're confident in yourself and your own abilities, then the nose don't hurt as much, right? And you clearly were like, oh, I'm I'm doing all this work. I, I'm successful at it. It doesn't really matter if you say no or yes, because it's a numbers game and I'm going to get to my yeses. And I have already this book of business or money that's going to come in. So it's important if people are in sales and both Ryan and I are, that if you have a product or something that you're at least mildly passionate about or you know is a good product. So if you have those two things, then the selling aspect, it's not like you're like reaching into somebody's pockets and trying to, to scheme, right? You're you're actually giving them something that they would likely need. It's just up to them whether they say yes or no. So I I that that's what I found in sales. That it's like find something that you can be good at, but also like it's not a scam. It's something that you know you're helping somebody with. And yeah. I think it's translated into, into our sphere of real estate too. And just transactionally with realtors and negotiating and, and lenders and, and just how to be authentic and, and yourself. And that, you know, was one of the cool things that sales, I think, feel like translated to, to real estate for us. And it sounds like it did for you too. Right. Yeah. People buy you, right? Obviously they're buying the product, but they're, they're going to buy you first. They're going to buy you first. And if 
they're going to listen to you, I should say, and what you have to say, if they like you, if they know, like, and trust you. And so if you can develop that skill set of building rapport and communicating and being the person where it's like, oh, this, this person is trustworthy, you know, and they know the difference. You start to know the difference. Oh, this is a smoke screen. They're just saying that and they don't really mean it or no, this is an actual objection. And we need to get the bottom of that. You know, you must say that for a reason, really like what, like what happened? Tell me about it. Right. And you're, you're uncovering the actual problem. Right. So assuming if I was able to solve this, then everything would work out for you. Well, no, also there's this concern. It's like, Oh, okay. So if I was able to solve this and this, then we're good. Yeah. Then we're good. Then we can do business. And so it's so fun. Cause that's all sales is. And that's all life is. That's all real estate is. It's like, how do we figure out if we can create a win-win at the end of the day, if we can't create that and it doesn't make sense for you and you're not budging and I'm not budging. And especially now, like with real estate, there's so many opportunities to do these creative finance deals and seller financing deals and like so many, so many opportunities. That's why I think this is like one of the best times to buy real estate, because if you can learn to communicate and create this win-win right now, you have sellers that like, I just sold a house for $200,000 less than what it appraised for. Like literally just got the appraisal back, right? Sold it for $200,000 less because I'm over here on the seller side being like, I don't know what the future holds, you know? Like I'm okay to sell this for a little bit under. I still made a lot of money on the home and the buyers over here like, hey, you don't know what the future looks like. It could be worth less and it could be harder to sell a month from now and you might have to go down $300,000. And so ultimately we found this this win-win. He's stoked because he got it for $200,000 under what it appraised for. I'm stoked because, hey, I sold it and who knows, it could have dropped even lower and I still made money on the deal. And so all that is is sales. 100%. Let's talk about then you getting bit by the bug. So the sales, then that led into real estate. I know you have had the house hacking. You were like, I want to make this money and not the, the working for dollars money. So you ended up taking the sales money and dumping it into real estate. And then you built a six-figure passive income you know, business through real estate in your, by the time you're in your mid twenties. So like what came next after that first house hack and how did you start to scale this thing? Yeah. So the, the next step, I got married after that. And it's interesting because I'm, I'm a huge fan of not trading what you want most for what you want in the moment or not trading what you want in the moment for what you want most. And I think that's one of the downfalls of most people in society, right? Is we get to a point where like, I can afford the brand new house, the three bedroom, two bath, two car garage, stucco brick house, right? That, that most people go and get and buy or build um, as soon as they land the job. And like, I wanted that. We got married, like we wanted that, but it was like, hold on a second. And we also wanted to live in the house that I already had. Like, why are we going to go rent some basement apartment when like I have the six bedroom house, like we could come live here. You know, we wanted those things, but we knew like renting it out, it's going to cash flow way more. It's way smarter for us to sacrifice living somewhere else. Um, and so we bought a duplex the upstairs. Um, we lived upstairs and then the downstairs was a basement that we rented out and there was just a separate kitchen and separate entrance down there. And that was the second property that I bought. And then one day um, we're literally living there. And I'm thinking it's awesome because our mortgage is only $700 and our tenants in the basement paid like 11 or 1200 bucks. And I'm like, we're doing so good. We're not spending that much money. And then it hit me that this house was right by the college. There's three bedrooms upstairs. And I'm like, we could rent this entire upstairs for $1,800. So all of a sudden it was like, I'm not being so, 
so like good because I don't, I don't have a mortgage and this is so awesome. But I'm like, no, I'm actually losing $1,800 a month. And so that's when it clicked. I'm like, okay, we need to house hack hop is what I call it. Um, after you initially house hack and get into another property. And so that was kind of like the start of it when it all started clicking. And then kind of like soon after that started to realize, oh, I can, you know, cash out refi on some of these properties as the equity has gone up. Um, but yeah, from there, man, just really just started moving. It's like the snowball and the momentum and you pull some cash out. And I, I love early on, I still do. I still love it. Um, creative financing and figuring out win-win scenarios. And for me early on, right? Like money was my, like, I wanted to save as much money as I could, you know, whereas other people, they wanted to save time. They had money, but they didn't have time or they had money, but they didn't know how to go take down a deal or go structure a deal or go find, you know, a solid, solid deal where the numbers worked on it. And so for me, I'm like, okay, I've started to develop this skill. And so I started a partner where I'd use other people's capital, but we'd split everything 50, 50. Um, and yeah, I could go on and on and on, but then it, yeah, it just got bigger into, you know, fourplexes and then, um, development stuff and some, some apartment complexes and really anything that just made sense and cash flowed. And I got a good use of my money, a good cash on cash return. Let's talk about some of those partnerships. Cause I think a lot of people will get a little bit nervous. They're like, Hey, listen, I, I, maybe I don't have, maybe I do have some of the funds, but I don't want to use all of my own money, but I'm nervous to go into a partnership with someone and sign on to a 30 year mortgage. Right. And though I'm going to be able to get into real estate, my life trajectory might change at some point due to some random event versus Corey's, right? So it's like, how do how do you find a happy medium there and to know to trust to jump in a deal? Did you guys talk about maybe like exit plans after a certain amount of time? And and who were these people? Are these friends or are they these people you just networked with um, in the community, the real estate investment community? Yeah, great question. So for me, a partnership, a lot of people, they think of, I'm going to partner with somebody on this deal. They think of, hey, I don't have enough money for the down payment. So I'm going to put in half and then they're going to put in half and then we'll we'll split it that way too. To me, it's it's almost like taking two people that are similar, right? That have the same strengths. Like I have money, you have money, let's partner together. And the reason why that's not always the best partnership, and you know, it's the same thing in business. If you're always so like-minded, like sometimes it's not the best for us, right? We need someone to see things from a different angle and so I think the same thing with partnerships is you want to find a partner where your strength might be their weakness, their weakness might be your strength. And so for me, like I said, early on, it was like, Hey, I have time and I have this knowledge and it started to shift a little bit, which is super interesting, right? Cause now I value my time and it's actually worth a lot more money. So I'm not willing to do some of the same things that I would do. Like early on, it was, Hey, I'll, I'll do the property management, right? I'll do the work and fixing this thing up. But you got to put down the down payment or, or we got to use your credit to qualify for the loan or whatever. Right. So I'm using these things that are my strengths that maybe that person doesn't want to do, right. They don't want to go get their hands dirty or they don't want to have to worry about managing or taking the calls. But I'm like, I'll do that. I'll do that right now. Cause I'm building up my dollar per hour worth. And so that's just the first thing that I would say is find a partner where it's not just 50, 50, everything. Cause then nobody really gets ahead. You know what I'm saying? Like half of the half of a deal is half of a deal. Right. And so there's certain circumstances where like it's different and that makes sense to go in right off the bat 50, 50. But for the most part, that's one of the areas that I was like a good example is, so I'm building a tiny home resort right now. And 
Um, I bought this land. Well, at first I got it under contract. Um, I got it kind of rezoned while it was under contract to be able to prove I worked with the city. I submitted like plans and everything that I got, had got drawn up. And so I knew all it was going to, it was good to go. I put in all that legwork and there was three lots. They're all next to each other. And because I put in all that work, I, uh, I, I went to my business partner at the time, right? I didn't know if he was going to invest in it or not. I said, Hey, I have these three lots. Here's the deal. You, you come up with 25% that the bank wants. Um, and what I'll do is I'll, I'll put the whole deal together. I'll manage the construction of it. I'll make sure it all works out here, are the projected numbers. And here's why, even though you're putting 25% down on the project and we're splitting it 50, 50, it's still a home run for you. And he saw that and he's like, yeah, yeah, that is, that is great. Like it's harder to find deals. Like it's a, the numbers work on it. Awesome. Let's do it. And part of that, I'm like, Hey, there's three lots, but like, I want one of those lots, like just for me. And then there's enough margin on just the two lots and building on those two that it made sense for him. So it was great for me. Cause I just got a third lot that's completely paid off. Right. Right. And yep. so, anyhow, long story short, um, the bank, ended up making us come up with 30% down. So I came up with the other 5% because that was like our agreement. Anything over the 25%, you know, I'll, I'll cover. Um, so on this project, we're on phase one, which is one lot, okay? Uh, we're doing six units total. And I put in about 50 grand and my partner put in um, 250 grand, right? Well, this project, it'll, it'll produce um, about like after expenses and everything, um, 20,000 bucks a month. And so he'll take 10,000 bucks. I'll take 10,000 bucks. Right. Wow. So for me, like it's this one deal that was a lot of legwork to get it up and going, this is just phase one. It doesn't even include the lot that I have that's paid off that I can leverage to, you know, build more units on or whatever. But like just from this first phase and me scrapping together and putting it all together and putting in the work, um, I'm getting an amazing return. And my partner's jacked out of his mind because even though he's put more money and he doesn't look at it that way, he just looks at like, yeah, this is worth it. And I'm getting an amazing return as well. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say that. So, okay, your partner doesn't have to do all the legwork and he's getting a 50% return, cash on cash return in year one, putting $250,000 down, likely getting 120 back right after that year one. So th this is why real estate is, and, and this business is so amazing because you just, you made that up. Like you made yeah. up the agreement, right? There's no like, there's no laws or puppeteers that are saying you have to do it a certain way. And as you were talking about the partnership, I realized that Ryan and I, like we, when, I, when everyone says go partner with somebody, I forget that like my actual partner's here. So we split everything. The first few deals, we literally 50, 50, everything, 50, 50 expenses. And now we realize like, that's a cool way to get started. We have a reputation now, but to scale, let's go find operators and deals that are really, really good. Cause we're not, we're not good operators. Like we hate the property management. Like we don't know the construction very well, but we're good with people. We're like, we like meeting people and we, we like building relationships. So let's partner with operators who are really, really good at the numbers. We're okay at the numbers. They're good at the numbers. They're good at the construction. They're good at the operation of the deal. They can manage it well and then leverage our skill set to try to find more people who want to invest and get good returns. So it's like, oh, okay. Now we're in this new sphere of like, yeah, maybe I only own 15, 20, 30% of a project, but it's of a five, $10 million project, $20 million project, as opposed to, you know, 50% of a $350,000 home. So it's like, oh, all right. It doesn't really matter. You know, 10% of this bigger number is way better than 50% of much smaller number. So I, I think that's awesome. And that, that tiny home, I, mean, I don't want to go too off in the left field, but like 
Can you explain what this is? This sounds so cool. What the project that you're doing? I mean, you just did a little bit, but maybe a little more detail on like where is it? Yeah, yeah. I'm actually super pumped on it. Um, it should be done right now, but we had snow come a little bit early, so literally they're like, they're we just need to tie in power, and they're coming to connect power, but they didn't get the conduits rent, so they literally had to rent like a a chisel for their excavator and like chiseling it out so we can get the conduits in to be able to have power so we can finish this thing and and rent them out, but. Um, so that's, that part's not ideal, but, um, <laughs> there's always something though. There's always oh, something. Yeah. yeah. But kind of background on it. So I, I bought a condo in this, it's in a ski town. It's Brianhead, Utah. And, uh, I've had a condo there and rented that out for five, six years. And I've seen how that's performed and it's just a small one bedroom, um, place, but I've seen how well it's done in the summer and in the winter. And so I'm like, Man, I need to figure out a way to replicate this because this thing's like a slam dunk investment. I know what it's doing. and it's, it's super consistent. I'm like, how can I do this on a mass scale and just go create a bunch more of these? And uh, that turned into like tiny homes. I always loved the experience of it. I always loved. In fact, there was one point where I bought a bunch of shipping container homes and I'm like, I'm going to find some land for these and I'm going to do something with this. And uh Anyhow, like I, I never found land in time. I ended up selling them, but it, it always been on my mind for years and years. And so um, I found this company called Zipkit Homes. Um, awesome company. Their CEO is awesome, but um, they were just on. Do you guys watch the, have you seen The Profit? Um, yeah. Yeah. Where the guy goes in and tries to help like failing businesses, that yes. thing. I forget the guy's yeah. name. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. It's funny. It's like, it's, it's, it's more of like a marketing scam probably than, than anything, but um, super, super cool show just to watch if people that are into finance, but um, they were just on this show um, a couple months ago, but yeah, they do these awesome modern tiny home. They have a bunch of designs to choose from. We ended up like designing our own with them where it sleeps more. Cause that was one of the things that I noticed in the condo that I had because I could sleep more. I had these built-in bunk beds. And so even though it was one bedroom, I could rent it out for more because it slept more people. And so like we did a triple bunk bed on one side, we did a loft up top that sleeps people and there's a bedroom in the back. And so we designed like all of this in, you know, four or 500 square feet to all compact fit in there. And then they build it all in their warehouse. It's kind of cool. They stand it all up and then the, you can go on my Instagram and there's a bunch of pictures and stuff on there. Um, and then they take it all down and they ship it. And then on site, they stand it all up. And in a couple of weeks, you have the whole thing that's all Done. We were just talking about this last night. Uh, we were we we're trying to plan a, a getaway, a business getaway to go meet some investors like that we've interviewed, right? Meet them in person. And we we mentioned like Utah, we mentioned Colorado, and Rise like I would love to stay in a tiny home. And like it's it is a really it's a it's a it's not just a fad. It's like a really cool experience in. We liked we wanted to be like in nature, and I'm sure that Utah that's like the whole idea, right? Is like yeah. you're out in the wilderness, right? Um, so. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's it's a it's a big thing. Yeah, I think uh who Rob built, uh Rob Alisol, he's he's what the the co-host of the Bigger Pockets podcast now, but he he does a bunch of this stuff in Joshua Tree. And I think yep. Tony Robinson may dabble in this a little bit with Rob actually, but um just the idea of having an experience, right? Rather than going to a hotel and just you're going this to this place anyways, you're just sitting in this tiny confined room. Why not go have an experience? And I think that's just such a cool niche. So many more people, I mean, everybody's traveling, but a lot of people, even if it's not super expensive, you can still get this amazing experience. And I think that's what like the tiny home aspect can bring for you. But um, I well, think, here's I what's think cool awesome. about it too, is because it is, 
it is that it is tiny, right? There's less material. So it doesn't cost nearly as much to build, but on the flip side, you can, you can charge more a lot of times, a lot more than you could at just a hotel because of the experience that people are getting. And so it's, it shouldn't work out that way that you actually spend less to acquire the asset and then you can actually rent it out for more, but that it, that's, what's just so cool about it. That's why, you know, I wanted to get into it is for the cash flow on it. Yeah, absolutely. So um, let's talk about your portfolio as a whole now too. I know we kind of talked kind of your journey and walked a little bit through it, but can you catch us up to speed uh, with what you have now in holdings and what you're kind of planning to do for the future? And then I want to parlay that into um, real estate school and like start going through all of that and just kind of explain what you have to offer for people. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. It's funny because I don't even... Uh, someone asked me earlier today um, how many units I have right now. And I'm, I like had to like stop and think about, it. I don't even know the number off the top of my head. It's a good problem to have, Brody. Good problem yeah, to have. Not, not that it's like, cause there's so <laughs> many, it just cause, or you just get so busy and so many things yeah. going on, you know, and uh, there's a bunch under contract or, or under construction right now. Like I have a few construction projects um, going on right now. That'll, it'll be quite a bit of units, but um, all in all, probably, I don't know, between 40 and 50 units right now. Nice. Uh, but uh, like early on, one of the things that I feel like really allowed me to, and, and that's a mix of, like I said, I still have, at first I started getting into like, okay, rent by the room. So I have a handful of just single family houses right by, you know, college campus. And I still love that strategy. Cash flows really, really well. Um, and then, like I said, started getting into a little bit bigger, small multifamily uh, with triplexes, duplexes, and then, or sorry, fourplexes, and then the commercial stuff. Um, and it's all been creative. Like I bought a house and knocked it down, rezoned it. Um, we're, we're putting a 12 plex there right now. Um, I bought a piece of land and we're doing 16 units on that right now. Um, two of my, well, first I have a single family house, that, that second house that I was telling you that I bought, um, that my wife and I lived in. Um, next door, the house came for sale. And so we bought the house next door and they have these really deep backyards. And so even while we were living there, it's, it's narrow, but it's extremely deep. And so we're like, man, this is all this wasted space back here. We want to build something, put a unit in its zone multifamily, but we couldn't do anything with it because you have to have a two-way driveway to get to the back. And it wasn't big enough, right? It, It was narrow. And then it opened up just the way the shit, it was shaped. And so now we bought the house next door, right? We just got all of it set up to where that whole back section, now we're putting an apartment complex. It's it's 24 um, units total that we're fitting back there. And so little things like that. Were- oh, so this is a huge space, like 24 yeah, units. Okay, I didn't even, yeah. got yeah, it. Yeah, it's huge. Um, and so like just, just little things like that that have, like I said, they've all been creative for the most part. It's not like, oh, here's a deal that just popped up. I'm going to just go put, you know, I mean, I've done a lot of those deals where, yeah, you put 20, 25% down on, but for the most part, I'm always trying to think like, how can I leverage this to get the best, the best bank for my buck um, and make my dollar go as far as possible without over leveraging things. So getting into like what's coming next for you too, but the question I would have for you on that is what do you think you can attribute that creativity and scaling aspect to? If you're not, is it the type of partners that you've come in contact with? Is it their networks? It, like, what is it about, you know, so scaling to, to 40, 50 units by the time you're 30 is like, you, you're, it, it would be for us, it'd be impossible to do on our, with only our own money. And I know you said you partnered, but like, was it, 
a specific partner that you met that brought a lot of dollars to the table? Was it a certain strategy that you used? What would you say you could attribute that scale to? Yeah. I mean, I have, so it's like, I have like a, I, don't know, I call it six steps to six figures of passive income, right? Or six strategies. Um, and so, yeah, like, like one partner that I have has been great. Cause I, I've done three deals with him now, you know, and every single one he's put in the majority of the money, which, which that helps. Right. Um, which is, that's why that's one of my strategies in the six strategies. Right. Um, but early on it was house hacking, house hack hopping, partnering on these deals and seller financing. I have a handful of seller finance deals where they only wanted five to 10% down. And so I love those. Um, I'll try and lock them on like a 30 year, 30 year note, um, with a low down payment. Cause once again, it allows me to leverage my money the best I can. Um, secondary home loans. I feel like that's something a lot of people don't talk about is buying a vacation home. Um, you can, qualify to put 10% down on it. And there's certain things like you need to stay in it a few times um, throughout the year, but you can Airbnb that, right? It's another strategy to get into something, a low amount down. Um, like this- Brody, real quick, do you know if you can buy a, a number of second home, second, because you call it second or vacation, how many can you qualify for? It's funny that you said that because we just use that. Both of us actually did because we bought an Airbnb together. I'm wondering how many times over we could use that. Do you know the answer? Dude, you're putting me on the spot. Um, I just had this conversation a couple of weeks ago with our our finance guy inside um, real estate school, and, and I can't remember. Um, but it's is it okay? That's cool. That uh, I if it's more than one. If it's right? more than one, then that's all I was really like. If yeah, it, I don't know, you know how many times you've done you it yourself. Had, but. You guys have had Tony um, Robinson on the show, right? Like, yep. so I know his strategy, which is really cool, is he'll get other people to use their loans, right, and put the money down as well. And he'll find the deals, manage it. They're really good at, you know, the whole process of it. And so when they're partnering with people, they're using all of their, their loans. So it's like a different person with a different loan each time. Got it. So they take a percentage of, e of each of the property just by their putting their systems in place. They're like, we'll own X percent. You bring the money, we find the deal. So yep. Yeah, like yep, exactly. And, and, and they'll have their partner usually get the financing on it, which is super cool. And they want to do it, right? Because it's like, there's still quality deals and all that stuff. So um, for sure, have to double check on on that one. Um, and then the burst strategy, that's the other thing where it's like, uh, like I have, I'm out in Hawaii right now and I just bought a second home out here, but like we bird the whole thing. You know, it's got um, two studio apartments attached to the main house. And I'm in one of them right now. We have set up as an office and our nanny lives in the other one. And so it works out great, but it's it's right by the beach. And Bought it for a million bucks, put 150 grand into it, and it praised for 1.65 and pulled pulled some cash out. And that's now the down payment on the house. And if I were to rent out, like I said, I'm not renting it out right now because I'm here, but if I were to rent out both the studios in Hawaii, they rent for it's crazy. A studio rents for 2,500 bucks, right? And so wow. that's five grand just from these two studios, and you have the main house. And so and, you know, not to go off on a tangent, but like, that's, that's the other strategy. And I, I love the concept of like, like that, like it was perfectly executed. Didn't cost me any money, right? I actually made a little bit of money out of all of it. Um, and then I have a beach house in Hawaii that I can come and go to whenever I want to. Right. So amazing that we talked about that last night. We're like, let's figure out what, what's one of our goals. Can we try to buy a place that we could Airbnb in a, in a, in a place that we'd want to go visit, but go ahead, Ryan. So my thoughts are, if I'm listening, it's like, 
That sounds amazing. And the, the strategies are great, but how did you build out your teams and find the right people to put into place? And I'm thinking of like for the burst strategy, right? Like there's a whole renovation team. You have to go and have a, a GC in there and do it like that's in Hawaii, but your, your main base is Utah. Like that's so far away. So are you leveraging relationships? How do you know the right person to trust and, and like fork up your dough? Because, you know, one false move can ruin the deal. Um, sure, yeah. So any insight there would be great. Yeah. It's not like everything's always perfect, right? Like, trust me, there's like, uh, we know there's, always, <laughs> there's oh, yeah. always something I'm actually going through it right, right now because, uh, my neighbors love to, to call the city on any little thing. It's like, I can't, I can't start up a weed whacker and they're like, they're doing something over there. Go, go check it out. You know? And uh, it's just like so frustrating, but, um, anyhow, so it's, it's not always as smooth as it seems, but yeah, for this one, um, the way we did this, cause yeah, like I didn't, I, I have a lot of contacts now out here just from going through the process that I know who's trustworthy and who's not going to show up. And it's different in Hawaii. It's like, yeah, we'll be there at this time. And then they just won't show up that day at all. And then you'll call them and they're like, sorry, bro, the surf was good. Like we had to, we had to go out and surf. We'll be there tomorrow. And it just, it's just a completely different layback lifestyle. And so anyhow, I finally found a group of guys that do a really good job. They show up on time. And so they did the last half of the remodel, which is a whole other story. But what I had for the first half, um, I actually hired somebody from Utah, a general contractor, and he moved out here um, for like two, three months. And he brought his family out here and they lived in one of the units while he's renovating the other ones. And, uh, and it was great. It worked out um, except for until he, he, how to make it back to some other projects that he had going on back, back home. And so he kind of like left when it was 75% finished and then I had to find somebody else. And so, yeah, there's little hoops to jump through, but, um, you just make it work. You know, with that, I interviewed a bunch of different people. Um, I have a personal assistant, which helps out a ton with all this stuff. I have someone that manages all my properties. And so it's like, Hey, that one, we just put it out on Instagram. Hey, we're looking for somebody. If you want to go live in Hawaii for the summer and and uh, you can live in one of the units if you want to with your family and enjoy it, but then also get work done. And we interviewed probably 10 or 15 different people until we found one. So it's the power of social media, man. Do you put that out there and then you know, you're able to vet? It's pretty cool. One last one too. And I, I think because we... I don't want to gloss over this because we're kind of in this in this space too, right? But you talked about your job and then getting into real estate. But like, at what point did you realize that you needed to leave your job to dive into real estate investing full time? And like, when were you comfortable? So, for example, there's a lot, not a ton of people, but like, there, I'm sure there's people out there. For example, like we have six figure jobs, right? It's very comfortable. We know we've been, we've been doing it for a while. We know we can expect a certain amount to come in if we give X amount of effort, right? And we're thinking, well, okay, cool. If we make another hundred grand, we'll be like, we'll be ready to go because we subsidize that hundred. And then Corey's like, dude, but then you're going to be making 200 plus. You're going to feel even more comfortable because that's double. And you're still just doing the base. You know how much effort each takes. It's that comfort level. So I'm curious if you have a blue, not a blueprint, but just your experience. (laughs) And when you were ready and you're like, dude, I I, I just got this shit. I'm ready to go. And I I can handle it myself. Yeah, man, this one comes up all of the time. And believe it or not, it's probably like one of the number one questions I get asked a lot, especially from people that um, are in like that sales space that I used to be in. They're like, Hey, when do you transition out? How do you know all these things? Right. And so that's the first thing is it, it depends on the person. Cause it's, it's, it is different for everybody. Right. And there's, it's hard almost giving it like 
straight advice. Cause then some people just want the easy route and they, the grass is always greener. And so it's like, Oh, I'm going to jump ship and I'm going to go do this. Right. But it's really just a way to get out of doing the work. Um, but I would say this. So I, I went to a Tony Robbins seminar, uh, business mastery, and he told his story of the largest treasure to ever be found at sea. And they interviewed the guy after he found, and this is a true story. He he was at sea for like 12 years. Um, a couple people in his family died that were out there with him and he never gave up and eventually found this treasure. And it's worth about half a billion dollars uh, when he found it. And when they interviewed him, they're like, hey, dude, how did you find all of this? And nobody else found it. Like what kept you going? Everyone gave up. And he's like, well, there's three things. And the first one, he's like, I believe that it was there, that it existed. Um, I knew the treasure was there. And the second one, which is probably like the easier belief, right? A lot of people like, okay, yeah, I know it's out there. I'm going to go look for it. But then at the same time, time passes and you start to doubt it, right? You start to doubt like this is the way to do it. Um, and I'm bringing this up because I think the same thing happens in whatever industry that you're in, whatever job that you're in, whatever you're doing to make active income. It's like, Hey, is this the path? Like, does it exist? Yeah, it exists. And for me in sales, I'm like, yeah, this exists. I know that I can follow this path and do well. The second thing he said is I believe that I was the one that was going to find it. So it was more of this inner belief. Like he was one that could do it. And I, I looked at that where I was at. I'm like, okay, do I believe this blueprint to, to get to this level exists? Yeah. Do I believe that I can actually get there? I'm capable of that. Like, yeah, I think I'm capable of that, you know, becoming at this level in my job. And then the third one was, um, he said, I believed it would be worth it. Like all the work and all the grind and everything going into it would be worth it. And that was the one for me. Like when I asked myself that in the industry that I was in, I saw like my boss, which that's where I'm trying to get to, right? I'm aspiring to do that. And I can get to his level. I know I can. I know that it's real. I know the money's real. But then I looked at it and I looked at how much money he was making. I looked at his lifestyle. I looked at the time that he had and how much time he had to give and the stress levels of all of it. And to me, it was not worth it. Like I knew I could do it. I knew I could get there, but it was not worth it. And so that was like, for me, if that helps, that was the time where it's like, okay, time to, time to pivot. And then I would say this too, on top of that. And like I said, this has to be for the, the right person. If you're just getting started or, you know, you kind of go off your tuition a little bit, but um, like for me, my, my first, it's, it's been officially one year since I've been off of payroll from my previous company. Right. And same thing. It got to a point where it was very, like I was putting in, you know, a couple hours a week, maybe and and making multiple six figures in this, this job that I had. And so leaving it, it was like, why would I leave? Right. Why would you leave? Like everything's good. Everything's set. And I didn't realize how much of a toll it was actually taking on me. And it was more my wife that was like, Hey, this is actually like eating you up more than you realize. And I'm so grateful for it. But even just leaving like um, this last year, my income is quadrupled from like my best year in all of those nine years. And so I'm not saying that's going to happen to everybody, right? Yeah. But there is power in just like, it just got to the point. And I had equity in the company. Um, actually, they, the company just um, got acquired today for $5.2 billion, right? And so my equity that I had would have been worth a lot. I walked away from a lot of that, but it was, I have no no regrets because for me, it was like, dude, I'm, I'm going to bet on me. If I'm going to bet on anything, like I'm going to bet on me and my back's against the wall and let, like, let's go, let's roll, let's go make this happen. And so I think there's a lot of power in that. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. You reminded me of like the, uh, I guess it was Batman movie with, um, with the one with Bane where he's stuck in the, in that like, 
cave kind of thing where he has to climb out. Yeah. And like the safety net with the which was the rope was, yeah. was preventing him from like jumping far mm. enough to get out because yeah. he knew he had this safety net. And I feel like you know, the jobs that we have or sometimes the the high paying jobs are just a safety net that stops you from thinking big enough, right? And we had somebody on last night, episodes coming out a week before yours, that I was like, man, well, you just don't think big enough sometimes. And then you quadrupled your income because you just thought that you could do better, right? Even if you didn't know it, you kind of put it out there and you thought you could. And and we're watching all these people <laughs> that have done better. So there are case studies for what is possible uh, when we interview them, people like you. So it's it's very interesting how much a safety net can stop you from from getting to higher lengths and it's, but it's doesn't make it easy to make the decision, but yeah, my one last other one, not more of a, like a mentality question, but dollar figure. Did you have enough passive income to cover all your expenses before you left the job or yeah. were you still working towards that? Okay. Yeah, no, I did a hundred percent. Yeah. It's been that like, at least like my bay, I, I think there's a few different levels of passive income, right? To me, that's the very first level, um, which I've been there for a while, which is, which is fine, but that's, it was still hard because I didn't have, I didn't have more passive. I had enough to cover my expenses. Right. But I didn't that's have a baseline, right? It's not lifestyle. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's not lifestyle at all. It's not lifestyle at all. And so going from that where it's like, <laughs> yeah, it, you're, you know that you're going to have to take a step back in the lifestyle department. And so that's what also makes it like risky and tough to make that decision. Right. Sure. Cool. So quickly, before we get to the last couple of segments of the show, I want to ask you what's next for you. What are your goals in the next three to five years, right? You have 40, 50 units, you have this real estate investing school that we're going to touch on, but you know, what's next for Brody? Like, what do you see yourself by the time you're 35 or 40 doing? Dude, this, these questions are good. Cause they're like thought provoking, right? They put you on the spot, make you actually think it's funny because I, and, and I've always been driven more by by dollars than doors, right? I'll say like results over roofs. I think there's a lot of focus on like, Hey, I want to build my portfolio to X amount of doors. And for me, it's, it's always been like, it's, that's just relative, right? Quality over quantity every day of the week. And so that's one thing I don't feel like I'm super driven to just like, Hey, I'm just going to keep building up doors and doors and doors. Um, yes. The, the passive income level, like I have goals with that and within real estate. Um, but like, I, I feel like what fires me up more right now than anything is just creating lifestyle and helping other people create lifestyle. Um, I'm very big on that. As you can probably tell, just from, I just super passionate about it. Right? I love the idea of being in control. And like, I, I see it way too much where people, we just live below our potential. We live below what we're actually capable of doing. And we don't dream big enough, fast enough, like we were just talking about, right? And so we hold ourselves back. And so I just love that space of helping people like have these, these breakthroughs um, mentally, as well as, you know, learning the skills and stuff um, from a standpoint to where they can go take control of their, their finances and do something different there. And so um, that's a super vague vague answer, but like, yes, I'm passionate about real estate investing school and growing that. Like we have a, a mastermind that we just launched for this, this next year. I'm so excited about that because we meet quarterly in these cool places. And it's just an, like, for me, it's like selfishly, Hey, I want to go hang around cool people that fire me up and charge my battery. 
and uh, we all gain from each other in these inspiring locations. And so just things like that, they get me so excited. Um, I've picked up surfing out here in Hawaii. So that's been, been super fun. Just trying to, trying to narrow that down and, and figure that out. But um, a while ago I made a list and, and I'm like, I call it now like the fulfillment 50, but at the time it was just like, what are the things where I actually feel fulfilled when I'm doing them? Like they fire me up and I'm not just like, Oh, that was cool. But I like thoroughly like feel really, really good and fulfilled. And then I listed all those out and then I just tried to plug them in throughout my, my weekly schedule as many times as possible. And so it's just like, that's the goal, dude. It's just, it's just being able to do all of those things. And a lot of that has to do with giving back and helping other people grow and all those things. But that's probably what fires me up the most right now. Awesome. I have one more on my side here before we wind down, but, um, I, I noticed you and your wife are big into fitness, right? And I'm, I'm curious of what, what role you feel that plays in your success. And if you could talk to some of these crazy cool things you guys are doing, I saw a really like long run. I'm not sure if it's like, uh, an ultra marathon or whatever it was, but just, or maybe you were hiking. It almost looked like you were like the top of a mountain. So there's probably a lot of stuff you've done. Just give yeah. us some cool, cool, like bits of things you've done and what keeps you guys going and, and staying fit. Yeah, dude. Um, so it's funny. Cause my wife on the entrepreneur side of things, when we first got married, I'd put on like a, a self development book on a drive and she'd be like, shut this crap off. What is this? <laughs> like, I'm gonna listen to this, you know? And, and it's yeah. funny now because she thrives off of it and she actually, um, she has her own business and, uh, she, it's, she actually has a fitness app, uh, for women, but, uh, so she, she kicks my butt. She's the one on the fitness side that, that uh, keeps me in shape. But, um, <clears throat> a while ago, sorry. Um, we had a miscarriage and my wife was just like, she needed to change her mind up and get her mind off of it. And so she saw this race in a magazine and we've always been active and done these things, but, um, it's the toughest race in the world. Right. And so like stood out, she called me, she's like, Hey, what do you think about this? And this was during like my grind time in sales, you know, where I'm working long hours and everything. And, and, uh, I'm like, sure. sounds good. Like not thinking that we would get in cause you have to get accepted. And there's a bunch of people from the different, um, parts of the world. And so long story short, we applied, we got accepted. We'd both ran marathons before, um, but never an ultra marathon. And we were one of the only ones that hadn't ran an ultra marathon before this race, but, um, 174 mile stage race, everything you what? need you have, to, you have to carry on your back. So all your, except for water, so all your food, <clears throat> um, sleeping bag, all of it. Right. And it's through the desert starts at the grand Canyon and ends at the grand staircase. Um, but yeah, brutal, brutal, brutal experience. Um, but like we finished about 30% of the people that started, didn't, didn't finish the race. And it's just one of those things where you look back and it makes everything else easy. And we still have these conversations to this day where we're like, Hey, at least we don't have to run 50 more miles tonight, you know, just because it puts you back in that space where you're like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this thing. My feet are throbbing. Um, but we're going to do it. And then you do it and you accomplish it. And it was so cool to be able to do that with my wife and to share those experiences, training for it together and uninterrupted, no cell phone service, all of those things. So definitely like that experience, um, we've done a lot of races and stuff, but that was, that was the most brutal one that, uh, was on our bucket yeah, list. I saw the picture. I, it was, I think it was her, like, just like 
coddling your head and just like like taking care of you too because you were like oh, oh this yeah. isn't so bad and you and then like at one point it just hit you you're like all right wait i don't know if we're gonna be able to do this thing like we have 50 more miles something like that so it's cool that she was able to that was uh, actually a different race that was actually a different right. race and she came to pace me at the end and uh it was a good thing that she was there but yeah there was a 24-hour time cap on on that race it was another ultra marathon and I finished, um, I think with like eight minutes before the time cap was up. Um, it was just so, so brutal. The last 10 miles were, were so rough, but yeah, you could see it all on my face in that, in that picture. It's That's great, like, man. But that made, like you said, the, the reason I brought it up is it makes everything else easier, right? You pushed yourself to the limit. Like people we're not talking 26 miles. Dude. You're talking so, what, 170 or whatever. And like, then there's the ultras too. So it's just really cool to, to train your, your mentality, right? It's not only training your body, but you're training your, your mental toughness and fortitude to be able to do things that you maybe never thought you could do. And then to translate into business, you're like, Hey dude, I don't have to run 50 freaking miles today. How, I really, I don't think I can make this call. I don't think I can negotiate <laughs> this deal. Are you kidding me? I'm not going to yeah. die. So it's, it's nice, man. I, I just think it parlays completely with your story and, and how you guys are just kicking ass. So Kudos to you and thanks for sharing. Yeah, it's all it's all perspective. I was listening to a Joe Rogan episode where he had on uh, Yeonmi Park. I believe that's how you pronounce her name. She's from North Korea. She escaped North Korea. And oh, like just yeah. listening, I'm not going to get into it because it's very like crazy and emotional. But like just the perspective that she had coming from where she came from makes me think none of my problems are actually problems. Like yeah. zero. Like I don't have any problems compared to that. So the whole thing, like if you can do really hard shit, you can do really hard stuff, you can run then you can run these marathons and you can probably do the stuff that's actually a little bit easier that you might just think is hard because you haven't done harder stuff to compare it to. And that's yeah. like, you know, I, I'm like, I got to work out for my thing. is not even crazy. I'm like, I got to work out four days a week, every week. It's not, there's no, like, there's no, like, Oh, should I, it's like, that's just what I, I have to, you know, and that's not even a lot, but if I do that and if I, I don't, if I don't, if I set my standard, then all the other things that are relatively hard seem less hard. That's how I would look at it. So that's super cool. I've, I've never run a marathon, let alone an ultra marathon. So I'm not going to get into a fitness comparison, but that is awesome. I've so. just done a half dude. So I'm not even like 13 is my max. And I was just like, people are like you're a runner. I'm like, no, nah, I just forced it. Like yeah. I just figure it out. Yeah. Train a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it goes back to mental toughness too. Right. And like seeing you do all this, it's like, wow, like look what's possible. Look what the human body can do totally. with the mind powers you through. So yeah, that, that's it for me. That, that, yeah. that was just very cool story. That's awesome. So, um, we have made it to the, the, what do we call this thing, dude? The core four? Core four. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Core go. four. He's so just up on these runs. Dude. Yeah. So, uh, we'll get to know you a little bit more personally, even though we, I feel like we have throughout the episode, but the first question is what is your favorite business or real estate investing book that has, um, you know, inspired you along your journey or helped you out, or maybe that you'd recommend to somebody else that's looking to get going on this journey. Yeah. Dude, I have so many. Um, let's see. I can, I can well, kind of guide you. I can guide real the ship a little bit too. here. Yeah. So, yeah. and I'll start with a recommendation myself. I recently just listened to the the bigger pockets episode with um, Chris Voss. I believe that's his name. And he, he wrote the book, never split the difference on negotiating. And he's like a former FBI. Um, uh, I don't know. Negotiator, negotiator. Yeah. Negotiator. Right. And he would just like, he had to like negotiate a, a hostage situation at a bank. And it was like, well, it happens once every 20 years, whatever. Either way, amazing episode, but it goes to is like, if you can negotiate that, how can you not negotiate a real estate deal? And he kind of coaches people now on like how to navigate situations, certain body language, social cues, just like emotional intelligence, a lot of that stuff. And I think that's so important and translates to what we do. So 
you mentioned seller financing and like creative financing, and that's kind of the next realm of things that we're going to get into in our paths and career in real estate. So maybe selfishly, anything you recommend on that side of things where, where like putting good deals together, structures, and like how people maybe that have a couple of units can help scale their portfolios to the next level, um, even if they have a base level of knowledge already. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think um, I think right off the bat, just like <laughs> one, any of Brandon's books um, are obviously phenomenal. Brandon Turner, yep. um, he has one, No and Low Money Down, um, Real Estate Investing, and then How to Invest in Real Estate. That's the other one, just very, very basic. But yeah, it covers all of those principles. So I'd suggest that. Um, and his new books, um, the multifamily ones, multifamily millionaire are both really good. There's one that's like talks about small multifamily and the other one, large multifamily, but that's great. It just breaks all of that down the ins and outs of that. And then, uh, I was just thinking, I, I thought of another one that's had a, a good impact on me. This isn't so much, well, it, it's a little bit real estate related. If you guys know who Dean Graziosi is. Uh, uh, yeah, yes, we, we do. Actually, he, he, we got a DM from his marketing team. Yeah. Like, hey, we want to partner with you in certain things. And then it's like this whole like... Click we funnel. definitely know who he is. So we know he's with Tony Robbins, right? I believe yeah, he's, you guys are. You guys might know who he is, but he knows who you are. Yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. damn, damn. No, he doesn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, he does stuff with Tony Robbins as well. But um, anyhow, Millionaire Success Habits. That's one of his his books. And such a good book. Yeah, such a good book. It's a cool. Great, great. And then, you know, anything Tony Robbins, my, my dad, like, got me on him early, early in, in uh, my, I guess, just like life, livelihood. Um, okay. Second question for you. Thanks for the advice on that one. But are you good? Yeah. What? Let's move this, bump this number up here. I think we got to change it. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. 100. All right. <laughs> it, all right. So, yeah, yeah, the same. you ask are the at a different stage than, than most people. Um, not most, but a good amount of people. Our original question, I'm just going to throw it at you. It was, if we gave you a $50,000 check today, tax-free, just bang, here, here you go, Brody. How would you invest it or spend it and why based on your journey? We'll up it to 100K today, just so you can take the pie. I know you like some of these deals are a little bit bigger, whatever it is. If you had 100K handed to you, it's like, hey, do whatever you want with this. It can be investing, spending, livelihood, like lifestyle, whatever. How are you spending it and why? Well, and me in the situation that I'm in right now, personally, maybe do yeah. that, and then also do if you were just getting started. Okay. Um, so, it answers a couple different ways. One, one, because I do one of two things. One, first thing is like education. That was one thing that I wasn't willing to invest in early on. And you might might seem like hundred thousand dollars to get educated. Like that's absolutely insane. Um, but it puts you in the right rooms, puts you in the right rooms around the right people to network with the right people. And that is, that is so valuable. And we, too many times, like we're not willing to spend money to learn certain things or to meet certain people that will absolutely go and 10 X our business or 10 X our life. So that's a little different spin on it. I, I would say that. And that's probably like, I would even, if it was 50 grand, I'd be like, yeah, for sure. That's exactly where it's going. Right. Um, but if we're talking like, how do I get the best, um, more practical return? That one might be a little bit harder to see for some people. I've just been so, um, what's the word? So bullish on going and creating these new development opportunities. For me, that's where I feel like the most value is, is being creative. And if you can get creative and design something in your mind and then go and kind of put it on paper and then figure out how can I go make this happen? Um, the tiny home resort's a, a good example of that. 
but that's probably what I would do. I'd go find some deal, right. That's going to be able to have the potential to pay out, you know, a hundred grand of cash flow after expenses per year. And the only reason I'm going to be able to do that is because I'm going to have to get creative in how I do that. And I'm going to probably bring in a partner. Um, so it goes hand in hand because we actually talked about a lot of that stuff today, but I think that's one of the best ways to go and create the most amount. Cause then you can, if you can do that, then that one time hundred grand can, you can retire off that if you wanted to, right. It'll pay you a hundred thousand dollars every year for the rest of your life. That's great. That That's a great example of, of both sides of the coin here. I guess for the guys that want to get to spend it on education. I don't think it is crazy to talk about, say, Hey, spend a hundred grand on self-educating yourself, getting yourself in the right room. Look how many people that go to college and they put themselves in debt into something that they never go into that field. And like, they kind of view it as a waste that, you know, so my question is, is just the next layer of this is like, okay, you mentioned the hundred grand and, and go educate yourself. What types of, of rooms are you trying to get into? Is this like a mastermind with the hundred grand? Is it, um, I don't, is it like someone's bit, I don't know if it's another word for a mastermind, but like coaching a small group. group coaching group, just how would you recommend that, that get divvied up amongst a bunch of different things? Yeah. Um, good question. I actually need to write down these things because I, I really do have these like legit, um, testimonials of all of this and how it's worked out. Like, like one of them was, um, this is so simple, right? But it was a, it was a hundred dollar dinner club. Like the only way to go is if you tipped a hundred dollars and it was during COVID and it was like a chance to like give back to the the waiters and waitresses. And so it's actually really, really cool. Everyone that would go, um, tip a hundred bucks and they'd get like a $2,000 tip and they would cry and it would like change their life. Right. It's super cool to be a part I of. I think so I've seen that. that. Is that, was that, it was on somebody's Instagram that I saw that on. Probably it's, it's yeah. spread. Um, um, Jimmy is kind of the, Jimmy Rex is kind of like the main one that I think. Cool. Super cool. It. Like that, but yeah, and they'll do now. They'll do. You probably seen like the thousand dollar dinner clubs that um, they'll do and stuff like that randomly. But like that one, um, I did that. I just wanted to be a part of it and giving back. And I went and I I met um, a couple people there, right? Because usually around people that want to do those same things. And then they had me on their show, and I ended up having a bunch of people that signed up for my program, right? So that hundred dollars turned into 24,000 bucks super quick, um, just in a couple of weeks. And like, not that you always have to see that return, but like the reason we're talking now is because, right. I, I'm a part of Brandon Turner's Maui mastermind, right? So we met there and then I'm a part of his, he has a social media mastermind, right? It's 25 grand. I, I paid him that a couple months ago. Um, to where like, it's cool. He's bringing in speakers and we're meeting people. And because of all these things, right. It's, it's expanded my network. Most of my coaches has come, have come from these groups and stuff like that. So, um, that's the first thing is like, there's always a return, even like, like, I remember I talked about that Tony Robbins co- conference that I went to, um, business mastery. Well, it was close to 10,000 bucks to go. And, and that was actually a big deal for, for me at the time when I went and I was like, dude, $10,000. But like, absolutely has changed my life. I'm still talking about it, you know, five or however many years later, right? Having that conversation. And the people that I was around when I went and like, um, another one, I I paid to go to a mastermind, it was $12,000 for three days um, this year, and it was on a boat. And (laughs) that I had 12 people um, that I met on that boat, all pay me 12 grand. 
So whatever that is, that 12 grand turned into 144 grand, right? And I didn't know that going into it. I had no idea that that's what what would happen and how it worked, how it would work out. Like, and that's not why I was going or going into it with that mindset. But it just goes to show like when you're in the right place around the right people, good things just tend to happen. So I would say, yeah, like I I the more you pay, the more you pay attention, but then also it gets you in proximity and proximity is power. And it's so easy to like, oh, I'm just going to join this group and it's it's $100 a month or it's $200 a month where it doesn't feel like that big of a commitment, but it's different when you go pay 20, 30, 40 grand. And now you're in a group of 20 people or 30 people or like with real estate investing school, we, we cap it at 12 people, right? Cause it's like, you need to have the breakouts. You need to have the time in the hot seat and in front of people and bounce ideas off each other. And I do a goal setting retreat every single year. And it's so fun because it's like you get a chance to be around high level people having high level conversations. And guess what? If you're around people and you're setting goals around people that think small, your goals are probably going to be small, right? But if you're around people that are doing big things and you're in the right room, the whole the whole over quoted quote of you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. It is so true though. You know, it's so true. Cause it's like, as soon as you change up that average and you get in higher rooms with higher averages by default, you just naturally level up. And so I think that's one of the things that isn't talked about that should be talked about more. There's not been one person that we've ever interviewed that said that their mastermind hasn't been worth it. And we have still yet to do it. So it's just funny because it's one of those things that you said, like in the beginning of your journey, you kind of put it off. Right. And then once you did, it like change your world. So it's on our list for 2023. It's going to happen. But question three is what has been your biggest mistake that you've made in your investing journey, Brody, and how have you learned from it? And you, sorry, I just had a thought too. You guys should, yeah. you guys should start one. I mean, you guys have enough people that want to come hang out with you guys that want to learn that want to, and maybe it's not a mastermind. Maybe it's, you know, it's, it's an event that you put on or, or something, but, um, Anyhow, just throwing that out there. It's like, kind of imposter it. syndrome in a sense. It's like I know people do like us, and they 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 we've brought value to a lot of people without hesitation of a doubt. But it's almost like, can we host that? <laughs> like, I guess we can. <laughs> you know, we just yeah. haven't really like put that out there. We're but into structures, but yeah, yeah. Jake yeah. actually Absolutely. brought that up. Yeah, no, it's a good, it's a great idea. It's probably hopefully something that we can uh, get our arms around. But appreciate that. Yeah, yeah no, I think a lot of people get a lot of value out of it. That's why. I, bring it up and you guys are yeah. overqualified for it. And that's the thing too. Like I thought early on, like, Hey, there's within Austria and there's all these people that are here. Right. And like, they're not going to want to learn from me. Cause I'm only here. Well, that doesn't matter. Cause there's all these other people that are just trying to learn and get where you're at. And that's who you're helping. You know, it's, it doesn't apply to everybody and that's totally okay. Dude, appreciate that very much. Uh, and that's good perspective too, right? There's 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 levels to this, and there's always someone that's trying to learn and, and catch up, right? Not I don't know if catch up's the right word, but that just trying to they're in the stage one, not stage two or three. And um, we were all there before too. And it's funny, it is imposter syndrome, right? You're just like, oh, like eight units, you're in syndication, but and you're like, damn, I have so much to learn, right? Because you see someone like we look at someone like you or Brandon or whatever, and you're like, damn, these guys just they're just have done more things in, in different uh, sectors. So it's, it's very interesting. Um, your best want- position to serve who you once were, right. I don't know who said that, but like, like that's who you're there to help and that's who you can help. Right. Cause it's, you've been there, done that. Sure. Yeah. I really like that. Um, all right. I'll hit you with the last question of the core four, and then we're going to get into your real estate investing school before yep. we get into the last yep. drop. Cause I do want to plug that and talk through it. Cause it seems to be a ton of value, but 
Last question. This is my favorite question. And I think Corey's too of, of the core four. Uh, Brody, what do you want your legacy to be? So, and, and the second part of this question is like, what, what makes you tick and get out of bed every morning? Like what motivates you? What's your underlying why to do what you do? Yeah, man, you guys should have prepped me for these questions. These are, I know we should (laughs) better off, better on the fly. dude. We could make you think. (laughs) Uh, I mean, as far as like a legacy goes, it's interesting because when you do get to a certain point where, and trust me, I have not made it by any means at all. And I have, I have a lot of big goals and things I'm excited to, to continue to chase down. But when you get to like certain levels of passive income, it forces you to think about different things. And it's like, wait, hold on a second. Really? What do I, what do I want? You know, what do I, what do I cherish the most? And it's not like the, the richest person, I don't think is the person that has the most money, right? The richest person who in their mind, they're, they're as fulfilled as possible and they live a fulfilled life. And so um, that's just my goal, right? Like, I, I think like we kind of touched on that a little bit, but like, I just want to be fulfilled. And there's a lot of different ways to do that for me. And I, my grandpa always used to say, um, well, when I think of my grandpa, I always think of like a hard worker and a man of God. And, uh, that's always just been something that's like stood out to me. Like I want to be remembered that way as like, yeah, he's a hard worker and he's, and he's a man of God. Um, and so I'd say like, that's, yeah, that's the legacy that I want to leave. And always for my family too, you know, I want to be that person that people look at and it, they're inspired because they're like, Oh, he did that. I can do that. Or they're on, they, they did this or they inspired me to do this or because of this or because of this podcast, or I heard this and I realized like, Oh, I'm actually capable of that. Or I can set a bigger goal. I can chase that down to me. Like that's, that's the ultimate fulfillment. It's very Love cool. It. I, uh, it's interesting. They said like, you want people to to see you in a certain light and or like have to have received some sort of knowledge from you or, or motivation, right? We, we actually had someone reach out to us today, literally on our, like right before we started the episode, yeah, yeah. just to say, Hey, just want to let you know, I followed every episode I've caught all the way up and just keep doing what you're doing because you've changed my life. And for us, we were like, damn, like it just hits you. And you, you know, it's for us, this is more of a, we're showing our journey and we're trying to help educate and uplift people. And, and you can say that as many times as you want, but when someone comes in and tells you that, it just hits a little bit different and you realize you're doing this for the right reasons. And and um, it kind of goes to the, like your tipping story at the restaurant, but just like, you know, not that we gave back any dollar amount to this person. Right. But they've, they've have felt that way. It's like free knowledge for them. And it was just, it was crazy. Just, it just made my day. And I wanted to bring it up because I'm sure you get this all the time too, throughout your real estate investing school that we'll talk about. Like you're, you're having hand to hand combat with people to bring them to a better spot in their life and for their legacy. So um, with that, I do want to uh, transition into your real estate investing school. Can you talk us through this? Because there's a lot of people that have courses out there and masterminds, if you will, but just an all encompassing program that is, um, that are there, there's a ton out there and what sets yours apart from others and walk us through like A to Z, what will people get out of this thing? And, uh, how many people you accept per year? I think you mentioned only like 12 and just activities you do, just give us the whole spiel on everything. Cause it's, it's super intriguing. Yeah, no, thanks. Thanks for asking. I, I appreciate it. I, uh, as far as 12, that's, that's just for our, our mastermind group. We just try and keep that pretty high level, but we have, yeah, we have a few hundred people in, in the school right now and in the program. Um, but really like I, I built the school because I'm like, okay, I've kind of figured out these first few levels of passive income. I've seen how much it's changed my life. 
it's the question on everybody's mind is like, how do you do that? How do you do this? How do you do that? How do you get into it? Right. And so kind of early on, I tried to field as many of those questions as I could and help out the best that I could, because I learned a lot from trial and error and I lost the money doing things the wrong way. And eventually you kind of start to figure things out. Right. And so um, I could only keep up with so many of, of the questions and the phone calls. And so I'm like, I'm just going to record all this, like that I've done this first step for me is like, building that six figures. Cause I feel like a lot of people want to get to that point And I have that passively through real estate. And so let me just show how I did that using a very low amount of money. Right. Um, because that's the other thing. It's, it's easy to make money when you have money. It's a little bit more difficult when your resources are limited, right? You have to learn to be resourceful. And so I broke all of that down and I packaged it in a course and sold that. And that's what a lot of people do, right? There's a lot of information out there. There's YouTube, there's podcasts like this, there's all of it. And so it's, it's not the information, right? It's the application of the information. And so people ate that up. That did really well. Um, a lot of people purchased that course, but then all the questions started coming in like, Hey, I need some accountability. I need someone to help me apply this to me and my life. And cause let's be honest, like with all of the information out there, a lot of it, it's, it's just, it pertains to everybody, right? Like you and your situation, maybe your credit's bad. Maybe you don't have any money. Maybe you have a lot of money. Maybe you inherited some money. Maybe your, you know, your wife doesn't want to get into real estate, but you're really, you know, pumped up on it. And so there's all these different situations and people in these different scenarios. And so, um, ultimately just led to creating the school. And this is really what sets it apart is we take a personalized approach to it. So we actually, you're assigned a one-on-one -on -one coach, someone who's been there, done that, who meshes with you the most, who's, who's been where you, you want to go and they've seen the process and they can reverse engineer it for you and then also help hold you accountable. And so it's a mixture of consistent one-on-one -on -one coaching, being held accountable. Um, it's a mixture of education where you're constantly learning, growing. We have live, live, uh, classes. We have recorded trainings. We bring in, you know, awesome guest speakers, Brandon Turner's coming to the, to the school. It'd be a guest coach. Um, next week in two weeks. Yeah. I don't know when this will air, but in two weeks. And so it's cool because everyone gets to ask him questions and dive into that. And so we try to bring on, on high level people like that. We've had Tony Robinson a few, few different times come. And so we want to give people the, the knowledge, the motivation, but then the accountability to the point where we just develop a system where as soon as you're enrolled in the school, as long as you're motivated and you have the right mindset, you're going to be successful because we put the system in place where it makes it actually more difficult for you to not follow through and build passive income than it does to actually follow through and, and do what you're supposed to. It's really cool. A lot yeah. of people need that accountability. Like we, we've talked about this um, in previous episodes, but we've had coaches, you've played sports, dude, clearly. Um, and we've had a coach your whole life in different aspects, right? Like to get good at football, to get good in the, in the weight room, rather maybe it's a mentor, not a, not a coach, but people to guide your hand in something you don't know anything about. If you want to get somewhere, who do you go to? You go to a coach to train you to be great at something. And so I think that's, what's lacking a lot. It's like people are forced to become their own coach and they have to go research everything on the internet, which is it's out there. Right. And then it's on YouTube, but then it's the accountability. You can soak up all this information and then bang, analysis paralysis. You're like, all right, this is great. I know this stuff now, but how do I apply it to my specific situation? Kind of what you mentioned. And so it's really cool that you guys have coaches that 
kind of drag you through it. Right. And it's like, dude, you have to do this to be in the hot seat. I can only imagine it's like, you're standing up in front of everybody. And it's like, what'd you do today, dude? Like, did you like, are it's literally holding your, your, your feet to the fire and saying, did you do what you were supposed to do? And I love that dude, because I think personally, like I, we've done a great job with the tools that we've been dealt, but I think we need a coach now. And, and, I, and I'll say this from a, marketing side of things, right? Like our, we're just getting too big. And then our real estate side, there's so, shiny object syndrome is so real, dude. There's yeah. so many freaking things out there. And we're like, dude, we can do that. No problem. But it's like, <laughs> how much time do you have to go study it and figure it out? It's like, pick a lane, bro, and go. Like, so, you know, we're trying to figure out like, hey, 2023 is the year of alignment. Like, where do we want to go? Where, what's going to be the, the highest return? But also your the the question or the, the mantra on purpose, right? It's like, What's going to make you feel the most fulfilled and and not empty from just like working continually hour after hour? It's not hour. about the money. At that it's point. not yeah. right, but it's like and it's like fun. You know, we like working together. We we think we balance each other out, but it's also it's a game for us too. Like, all right, how do how do we win? And so bringing other people on board with us too, and you're navigating all these relationships, it's a lot. And so I just want to be like, dude, fucking, can I have a coach? Like, someone help help your boy, <laughs> help us out, just like figure out where to go. Because no matter what stage you're on, and I'm not saying this is a pitch for your for your uh, course by any means, but it's just saying, people that are listening, it's it's natural to feel that way, whatever stage you are. Like even even you, Brody, you probably you have you're in masterminds, you're continually learning. You have coaches. Look at Brandon; he has a, a lifestyle coach and just someone to guide his hand. So. I think it's super important and um, you know, we are, are at the point where we're now asking, right. It's like, how, how do you, I guess, I guess I can ask you, it was going to be rhetorical, but like, how do you recommend some guys like us? We can apply it to us specifically. It's like, we told you of eight units. We've dabbled in a couple of syndications. It's like, where do you think the right fit for us is to move forward? And and I know everybody's goals are different. Yeah. We have not made enough passive income to, to match our jobs yet. Yeah. Right. It's, it's still active. We're still grinding the podcast and all the other stuff. I don't know what you would recommend. Do you think, think it's time for a coach and like to, to fill your lane? Would real estate school be a fit for us? Or is it more for someone just getting started? What's uh, what are your thoughts on all that? That was a lot. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's good, man. Yeah. So all different levels, um, all different levels. I'd say about half of our students like are just getting started or only have one or two deals. Um, but then we have a handful that that have like a dozen plus deals, right? And they're doing right. extremely, extremely well. And uh, part of what we do is we, we put people in groups. And so we put them in groups and you have the accountability group as well. And, and a lot of times you have the same coach um, and the coach meets with your group once a month as well, just to go over like the group and, and check in with everybody and uh, everyone networks that way too. But hundred um, percent, like I, it depends on how serious you are about growing, right? It depends if you're like, oh, I'm happy with the pace I'm going. I'm just going to kind of keep, keep doing this thing and, and, uh, rock it as my, my side hustle, whatever. Um, but if you want to maximize it and dive into it, cause like the first thing that I want to know is where do you want to go? Like, what are your goals with real estate? So if you don't know where you want to go, any path's going to get you there and you guys are on the right path. Cause it doesn't matter. Cause you don't know where you want to go. Right. So it's like, what do you want out of it? That's the first thing. And uh, let's let's set a one, three, and five year goal, and let's write it down. Let's get clear on it. Let's look at what it takes to actually get that, and then let's look at your strengths. All right, like we talked about earlier, it's like you're here. This is what you have to work with. Here are your resources. You want to go here. This is your goal. And like you said, that is different for everybody, right? Now we've reverse engineered it and set these benchmarks, and now we know the strategy and how we're going to do it. 
Now all we have to do is focus on these lead measures. And that's the easy part, right? From a coaching standpoint, because it's like A plus B equals C. It's it's not rocket science. You know, you don't have a lot of cash. Cool. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to focus on this strategy. You do have a lot of cash. Cool. We're going to focus on this strategy, you know? And so it all depends. Um, that's what's so cool about personalizing it. But, uh, but yeah, a hundred percent, like we have a student this year that, um, went from zero to 12 units, you know, his first, his first full year, he started in January and, uh, cause he's just like plug and playing and, and doing these deals. And he's like crushing it now, you know, he's got, oh. got a few thousand dollars of passive income that he's built just from following through. And there's a lot of people like that, that have, that have built that in the school, but, um, that's what's fun. It just depends right. how, how serious you are about it. My question, last question for you on this is, um, do you have levels to this like package tiers or is it one price fits all? And what is that price for people to get in just to get people an idea of like, Hey, what, what's it going to cost to hire a coach, whether it's with you or someone else? Yeah. So we have, we have, we try to keep it all pretty, pretty basic and and pretty straightforward. Um, we do have a, a package that is rolling out for 2023, where if someone like, they can't afford the one-on-one coaching aspect, but they want access to all the trainings, all the speakers, um, and all that. And our database, we have, you know, a hundred plus videos of walking people through every step. Right. Um, so we have a package for that. It's 250 bucks a month and they get access to all that and all the people coming in. Um, and then the coaching is, uh, I'll just be straight up with all the, all the price and everything on it right now. Um, for 2023, it's, it's a six month commitment, right? We want like we actually want results. We don't want you to do it for, you know, 30 days and like we want momentum and want results. So, um, we have money back guaranteed too. So it makes it a no brainer, but, um, it's six grand for six months and then it drops down to 500 bucks a month. Cool. That's great. I like that. Yeah. I mean, that seems attainable for people that are just getting started too. It seems like a really fair pricing. Like you're going to, you got to pay to play in this game. Right. But, but, you know, I've seen stuff that's, 50 grand for six months. Right. And it just depends on the the well, level that you're at. A lot of but. it doesn't have one-on-one coaching. That's where people are trying to skirt around it. Cause let's be honest, that's the most expensive part to have high level coaches and nobody wants to manage all that. Everyone wants this, Hey, all the recordings done, you get access to it and I don't have yep. to do anything. Um, and so it is a lot more work to like do all that, but that to me, that's where like the real values at. It's not only the coaching and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I'm just like once you're in this network of people, right? You got you got your whole crew of coaches. Then you got your people that you meet within the academy. Do you focus on a specific market? I know you guys go through like six different strategies, and and maybe more, maybe less, depending on where you're at in, the, in your in your time horizon here. But the the benefit of having your contacts, right? Like like yeah. that's how I'm viewing it. Is like, am I going to be? I guess selfishly, if I, if we jump on board and in, in, into this, into the school, is it like, Hey, are we going to be doing deals in Utah? Is it, does it cover, is it in Hawaii? Is it all across the States? You're just training us on, on the specific way, the how to, and then it's like us to apply it in our markets. That would be one of my main questions. And then my other question is, do we get, does not only the modules and all this and the coaching, like lenders, um, people to partner with like contractors. I know those are like highly coveted things, right? Yeah. So it's not like you're giving away your whole team, but are those accessible within this too? Like, I just want to know what comes with it. Cause if so, like that six grand is it's, it's stupid cheap. <laughs> yeah. True. Truly. Yeah. It actually is stupid cheap. Just, and you ask anybody that's in the school, they'll tell you that they'll tell you the exact same thing. And it is, we, we do offer like a free strategy call for everyone that wants to like learn about the school and just ask questions. They can go to realestateinvestingschool.com and, and just book that. 
Um, and we'll have one of our guys just go through, even if you don't sign up, right. He'll tell you about it and then, and then, uh, give you some advice on what to do in your situation. Um, but yeah, everyone's it's, it's a no brainer sell because there, there is so much value in it. Um, the cool thing too, and this touches on your question, but it creates a network, right. Of people that are going through the same thing. Like I saw someone posted in our, we have an app and, and someone posted in the app, like, they're just getting started. They have a lot of time. And I can't remember, he's on the East Coast somewhere, but he's like, hey, any of your properties within these three states, if any of you guys are looking at a deal, I'm trying to learn. And so if you're not there, I will go there and I'll film and I'll do a walkthrough and I'll be your boots on ground because I want the experience of like learning and figuring this stuff out, right? He has the time. And so you get a lot of that too, where there's someone is new in the school and they're learning these techniques and somebody, you know, has more money and they don't have as much time. And so there's a lot of partnerships that'll happen that way where someone's like, Hey, I found this sweet deal. Is anyone interested in this? And there's partnerships that way. Um, but yeah, we do have, we have a lending expert. We have a buy and sell expert. We have a, a real estate CPA that um, all of our students can book calls with them as many as they want to, whenever they want to. So cool thing with that is it's just like, we put you in contact with the right people. If those people aren't the right people, you just get someone to we want it anytime there's a speed bump that comes up, we want it to be a speed bump and not a roadblock, right? Where it's like, cool, we have an answer for it. Boom. Here's what I would do. And then you're right on your way and you don't get stopped in the process. Love it, man. Yeah. I'm just thinking like, if you're going to spend six grand and almost guaranteed get a deal to at least to learn the the tactics and, and have this in your arsenal, it's, it's a no brainer. So really cool. Thanks for sharing, man. Uh, it seems like you guys have an awesome thing going on. So hopefully, um, some people from some of our listeners, there you go. One-stop shop, go see Brody. Yep. So last drop is the last segment of our show. And the question is knowing what you know now, Brody, what advice would you go back and give your younger self? Let's say maybe your 15, 16, 17 year old self, if you had a chance to talk to him, I would say be confident. I feel like, yeah, be confident, especially 15, 16 year old me. There were so many times I was worried what people might think or worried of failing that I wouldn't even try. And so I just said, be confident because that like confidence key. And my wife was talking about the other day, even she was like, you know, and she was talking to someone that was, that was over at her house. They're having like their girl talk. And I was just listening. Like, like in high school, it wasn't even like the guy was that hot. It was like, he was just confident, you know? And I'm like, it's, it's just so true. There's, there's so much that follows confidence and, you know, it's kind of like the whole concept, like fake it till you make it type thing. But yeah, I just wish I would have been more confident. Like, let's go. I'm going to, I'm going to win. I'm a winner. It's hard. It's, it's good advice. It's, it's hard. There's going to be some people listening and be like, dude, you can't just tell me to be confident. Like in, and I, the reason I bring this up is like, there's a lot that goes into that. It's like trusting yourself and it talks you, we go back to look good, feel good, play good, like going to the gym and just like, it's the endorphins cranking. There's, there's so much to it that gets you there. But the one thing to remember is like, everyone else is so focused on themselves. They truly don't give a shit what you're saying. Like, like you're think about how many things go on in your head in a daily basis. You're worried about your little world, how you're going to reach success, how you're going to enjoy spending time with family, how you're going to fulfill your purpose, like all the shit. Everyone's thinking about that in their own way. So when you get up to speak, this is more for like public speaking and confidence. Like I used to be the same way and you get like nervous. You're like, you get a little pit inside of your standup. Like someone said, envision them all in their underwear. And it's kind of to that, or it's just like, 
dude, who cares what they think? Just say what you got to say and move on because they're all thinking, they're looking at you, they're tuning out, they'll jump back in because they're thinking about what they're going to do in their own lives. So um, I would just say, I agree with you. It, it took me a long time to get there too, but you know, gym and all that stuff kind of helped and you get your, your mental right. It's hard to tell someone to be confident, but it's, it's true that they, no one cares that much <laughs> about what you're doing. It's what they care what they're doing. So it's interesting. We could go into psychology for. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I think the confidence thing, I love talking about that because I actually have a tattoo because of Ed Milette who said confidence uh, comes from is breeded from the promises that you keep to yourself, right? So if you consistently have trust in yourself and you keep promises to yourself, you know you can trust yourself. So if you can trust yourself, then you all of a sudden form a confidence about yourself. And that, like, I was like, yep, that's it. That's the key to life. So, um, love that answer. So thanks for bringing it up. And I mean, this is we said this we say this a lot of episodes. This is definitely one of my favorite conversations to date. I really appreciate you coming on. It's been an honor just to get to know you. Um, I'm glad we got connected. If people want to learn more about you, your story, they want to network, maybe join your, your investing school. What's the best way for people to get in touch? Probably Instagram, dude. Um, Brody Fawcett or real estate investing school. Um, same thing, real estate investing school.com. So pretty, pretty straightforward there, but yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. You guys are killing it. Thank you. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. I was about to say a little plug. If you want some, some entertainment, just go follow him on Instagram. I believe it's at Brody Fawcett. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, let me double check that. Yeah. So you got, you'll, you'll see videos of this man climbing mountains, just getting shredded with his wife, his kids, <laughs> like just <laughs> your daughter, hilarious playing some, some music riding down a half pipe. Like there's some cool shit on there outside of just real estate. So uh, we knew we liked you off the bat, dude. So, but to have the conversation and get to know you, consider your friend now. And like, I'm glad we're in each other's network It's super easy conversation. And thank you for dropping some bombs on us throughout the episode and, and sharing your wisdom. I mean, for such a young guy, you've been, you've done a lot and it's, it's cool for guys like us to be able to look up to you. Even you're two years younger than me. Right. But I'm just like, damn, this guy is like, he's, you have, it seems like you have your family, right. It seems like you have your finances, right. Your, your purpose, your health, your fitness, like your things are going in synergy. And that's something for a lot of people to look up to. So Good to see you and what you're doing, man. And uh, thanks for being a role model to a lot of people. Dude, thanks so much. I appreciate the kind words. It means a lot. Thanks for tuning in this week to the Weekly Juice Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, and share with friends. The more ratings we get, the more ears we'll get on our show. And in turn, we'll be able to provide you with more high-quality guests. You can also find us on Instagram at Weekly Juice Pod, where we post daily tips and tricks and document our own journey towards financial freedom. Make sure to tune in every Wednesday to get your weekly juice.